Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Greetings, Grapple fans. Welcome to another edition of the Pro Wrestling Index right here on the AI Index podcast channel. I am your host, Andy Wills, joined, as always, by my audio tag team partner, Mo Chatra. Uh, Mo, good to have you along again. Thank you, Andy. Yeah, good to be back. And, uh, and, and once again, Mo, we are not alone because t- tonight we are joined by none other than uh, Anfield Index legend. There's, there's one for you. Uh, uh, would, he, would you class him as a, an Anfield Index Hall of Famer? Oh, first ballot. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> is, of course, the one and only Dave Hendrick. Dave, welcome to the show. Hey, lads. How's things? Good. Not so good. bad. Uh, uh, how does that sound for you, Anfield Index Hall of Famer? I'm sure some people might dispute it, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it does sound nice. It does. Well, I'm sure we'll have a word with Gags and see if we can get you a ceremony or something like that. <laughs> yeah, he might be one of the ones that disputes it. I think uh, himself and Richie were really the uh, the original two who put it together, and then they sort of just got me involved to have someone who would say things people wouldn't like, so we get a bit of attention. But um, yeah, no, it, it's it's interesting, like it, how where AI has 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 gotten and how far it's come, and what four years we've been doing this. Um, it's it's credit to a lot of people. I think if, if you were doing an AI Hall of Fame, it'd be it'd be pretty full after the first first two go rounds. Yeah, and 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 this shows testament to just how diverse it has become as well. Uh, so let, let's crack things along. It's we know we've got Fastlane coming up this weekend, and of course we are going to preview that tonight. Uh, don't worry, folks. Uh, but before we get there, let's uh, more. Let's go through Raw. It was the go-home show, of course. Um, opened again with, uh, well, it technically opened with uh, Bill Goldberg with uh, another credible um, a promo from uh, from Goldberg, surprisingly. But also uh, in there, Kevin Owens uh, with a great retort. And more, I want to say, that they're, they're kind of building this one quite nicely, considering um, I never really have too much in the way of eager anticipation when it comes to Goldberg matches. Well, that's right. I mean, the build-up's normally better than the uh, the payoff where Goldberg's concerned. But um, you're absolutely spot on. I mean, his, his promos, um, especially this one, have been better than they used to be in his WCW and then latterly in his early WWE days. 
Um, and, um, you know, it's good that they inject, um, you know, certain elements into the storyline which have a hint of reality to them. Um, so obviously, um, you know, Owen focused on the fact that Goldberg, like several top WWE performers, is a part-timer. And, um, you know, that, that, that kind of stuff you know, makes it feel a bit more real then, a more contrived kind of angle to the storyline. Um, but no, that, that, that was quite a good segment, I thought, and uh, set things up nicely for the show this weekend. And I've got to say as well, I mentioned last week that I thought there was a little subtle hint there from from KO on, you know, he, he knew how to play the game. And then in this uh, promo, we had uh, the evolution of Kevin Owens. Um, are, are these little subtle hints or are, is he just playing with us? No, no, I think um, some of these words that are being dropped in there, uh, that there is a certain purpose to them. It's not entirely uh, coincidental and um, certainly would suggest that um, if not before WrestleMania, then almost surely after it, perhaps as the uh, post-Raw WrestleMania, uh, sorry, post-WrestleMania Raw even, um, would be the likely um, time when we'll see all of these hints materialise into something quite prominent. Um you know exactly how that will materialise, whether it's the touted um, NXT invasion um, or an NXT type stable um, fighting against um, uh, non NXT types. You know that that could certainly give a a different dynamic to uh, the brand, and it, it needs something quite radically different because um, you know m- most weeks you know we, we get a show where they've got you know some good matches, they've got some decent segments, some interesting interviews but it's pretty repetitive isn't it so um having something to really mix it up and something really meaty to um you know be the focal point of raw that that's something that you know is, is well overdue uh, and dave where, where do you stand on this uh the, the goldberg side of things um he, he's definitely improved his promos from when he was in wcw when he <clears throat> had his first run in wwe i think he's he's not like he's probably not taking as many steroids now as he was back then, um, so his mind is probably a little bit clearer. He's not as jacked up as he was back then. He's he's more calm, and he has more than like two catchphrases. He's he's never going to be like good on the mic, but I think the time he spent doing commentary for MMA, I think that has helped him massively, um, making him more comfortable and, and things like that. This weird side turn with KO is, isn't something I'm enjoying, but I can kind of see why they're doing it. Um, it's not what I would have done, but I, I can see why they're doing it to sell the Goldberg match with Lesnar. I think they want to have the title on Goldberg to make that match actually something people will watch because given the last two times they've faced, I think they've both been um, extremely one-sided and... People will be wondering, well, why are you having a third match? What's the point of it? If if Goldberg has the belt, then all of a sudden the match becomes more relevant because it's a world title fight. Uh, it'll take the belt off KO, and I think then allow him to put together this new group that has been hinted at uh, on more than one occasion. I think that's where they'll go. He'll KO against Jericho. And then he'll move into this new, I suppose, the new nexus is what it will be. Um, and then, you know, 
the title goes Lesnar, Goldberg, Lesnar, and then God knows what they'll do with it afterwards. Yeah, I mean, logically, it, it, it does look set up for the title to be put on Goldberg. Interesting that he was talking about how he promised it and he's always delivered on his promises. And obviously that's a, an old school baby face thing, you know, the, the, that the baby faces always uh, deliver their promises and, you know, they shouldn't make promises that they know that they're not going to be able to uh, to fulfill. So it, kind of interesting that he's gone so strong on saying that he's going to do this. So it, it certainly points to it, which then almost gets you thinking, well, WWE kind of like their swerves at the moment, don't they? So, but you think it's um, it's it's almost nailed on that. Uh, really, what we're looking at here is just the setup for a title switch. Yeah, I think so. I think they've set up the Jericho Owens thing over, you know, the beatdown, obviously. But then before that, it was it was Jericho who agreed to Owens having the match with Goldberg. And the whole friendship thing has always been setting up for a massive blowout. Um, it, I don't think they see Jericho as someone who can carry the world title anymore. But I think for sure he could beat Owens in a big match. And I think by taking the belt off Owens going into Mania against Jericho... It does kind of even things out. Well, Jericho will will go in potentially as the favourite in that match, and then Owens not having the belt, coming off a big loss, wanting revenge on Jericho because he'll be blaming Jericho for having lost the title. I think that's where it goes. I just I can't see any other way than that. I can't see anything other than Goldberg walking out fast lane as champion, and like I I don't like it at all because you know. Goldberg's not even a part-timer. He's yeah. a guy who, who went away for a decade, more than a decade, came back, hasn't had a real match since coming back. Um, and they're going to they'll probably give him the belt and he'll go on to Mania and have a terrible match with Lesnar and Lesnar will take the belt, Goldberg will disappear and then Lesnar will see on TV once a month when he comes on and doesn't say anything and Heyman talks. Now, look, I'll, I'll watch Paul Heyman talk all day but Lesnar standing there looking menacing isn't something that in any way enthuses me to watch the product. No, and more it's, um, you know, if this does kind of pan out how we expect it, um, it looks like more title flip-flopping, which has really been the uh, the theme of things on both shows, hasn't it, this year? That's right, yes. We've had um, quite a large number of title changes compared to what we normally see. And obviously we, we had a, discussion about that um quite recently on progressing index and um it, it's perhaps to kind of just try and mix things up i mean ratings since the nfl season ended haven't really picked up um normally there's a, a good 10 15 sometimes even 20 percent increase in ratings after the nfl season ends with the end of monday night football especially and there just hasn't been that it, it's been quite flat so um, that might explain part of the reason for increased numbers of title changes. Um, but I certainly expect that after WrestleMania, uh, that that should settle down. And if it doesn't, then that, w- that would suggest that they're getting more desperate to um, see a bump in ratings. But, you, know, um, you know what bothers me, though, Mo, is you know, they, they try and use title changes to boost the ratings. But for me, what will bring ratings is having strong champions and having strong storylines. 
not having belts been thrown around left and right. And I mean, they've they've screwed themselves a couple of ways. Number one, with this brand split, like whoever's idea it was, we've been here before. It didn't work the last time. I don't see why it'll work this time. But like the women's division is not strong enough to be split across two brands. The tag team division is not strong enough to be split across two brands. I mean, why not put all the women on one brand and all the tag teams on another brand? Like, why not do it properly? This, this for me just doesn't work. Like the way that the way they're doing things. And I know SmackDown's ratings have have gotten a bit better, but Raw's ratings are still in the toilet. And like, what do they expect to happen if they flip the belt onto Goldberg? then flip it on to Lesnar and then it's going to get flipped again because like realistically how long can you put the belt on Lesnar for if if he's going to be part time unless he's coming back every single week you can't have the belt on him for more than a couple of months well that's right um you know the, the, the brand split is something that um as time goes on is proven to be a, a failure i mean how show attendances especially for smackdown um have been down raws been fairly static. I mean, no, I mean, SmackDown have seen a slight pickup since Cena returned and became a regular, but how long that's going to last, who knows? I mean, you know, just another successful audition in Hollywood and he'll be gone for another three or four months, as, you know, Miz was alluding to the other day. Yeah. Um, you know, like, and um, oh, sorry. Like with the Universal title, I do wonder how much their plans got thrown out the window with the injury to Finn Balor, who by the way, we were told he's going to be out for six months. It has to be longer than that by now that he's been out. Um, so I wonder had they planned like a long title run for him. That obviously didn't work out. Owens has held that belt for a while now. But it's just like for me, the last time I was really actually interested and looked forward to watching Raw was when Punk had the title. And he was yeah. he had the title for over a year. And for me, that's what, that's what WWE was always... When it was at its best, it had a strong champion who held the belt for long periods of time. Like, the greats yep. that we'd named from when we were growing up, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, like, those guys have held the belt combined less times than John Cena has held it. Mm, and that, that, that for me tells you where wrestling kind of fell off the cliff. The belt became less valuable. And, like, I don't like the idea of the belt being defended on Raw. It should never be defended on Raw. It should only ever be defended on pay-per-views, but there's, there's far too many pay-per-views now as well. Like We don't need a... Like, uh, now I like it that, you know, Raw has a pay-per-view every two months, SmackDown the same, so those belts for me shouldn't be getting defended on TV. They should be defended once every two months. Now obviously when it comes to the major pay-per-views, they're going to be brought in together and that's okay maybe then you defend the title six, eight times a year. I think that puts more prestige on it. A little bit, like, more, bringing it more towards, like, boxing MMA. You don't see, you know, titles can defend it every two weeks. And when you do, and you see it been flipped on TV, you just wonder, like, what's the actual point? Like, why am I going to pay for pay-per-view if I can just watch SmackDown and there's the title's going to change hands? Even, like, even the IC and US titles. I don't mind so much the tag titles. It's traditional that they change hands on TV. But the major titles, the three main titles, well, four main titles we have now, they should only 
be defended or change hands on pay-per-views. They shouldn't be changing hands on, you know, regular scheduled television. It just doesn't work. Yeah, the the, the less we see, the less we see the titles defended on uh, TV, the 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 more the mean, the more special it becomes. Hmm. So it's yeah. Um, yeah, like more... even if if the title, if the world titles were only to be defended on at, at Rumble, Mania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, I'd be more than fine with that, because then you can build proper matches and make that title seem like it's legit. Make that title seem like it's worth something more than you know, more than the IC belt where it gets flipped just as many times. Like, well, in the old days, that's matches. exactly what happened. Sorry, sorry. I mean, in the old days, that's exactly what happened. Hmm. I mean, the days when it was only four pay-per-views per year, um, those were the only shows that we ever saw that those titles defended on. Yeah, um, the Saturday Night's main event. Yeah, that's right. We never saw them defended on Superstars of Wrestling or Wrestling Challenge or Primetime Wrestling. Um, you know, we, we saw promos and matches to lead up to these title matches. So they meant something special. And, um, yeah. you know, if titles are booked properly then you know that they can be a something that shifts the needle in terms of selling subscriptions to the wwe network or even i mean these these shows are still sold on pay-per-view and there are people that still buy these on pay-per-view and you know it can shift more pay-per-view buys too um so you know it costs them money by devaluing their own belts and yeah you know the like, why, not, why not have a fast lane being headlined by some match for the US title that they've been building for two months. Why not have that? Why not have, like, the tag title's the same. Matches that they've built over a couple of months that there's actually people are invested in, that there's a, a proper, like, written-out, thought-out storyline has gone into. Well, why are these guys facing? Oh, they're faced because for the last two months, this, 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 and this has happened. You know, like, we're going to see matches at Fastlane that don't, ma- don't make any difference to anybody like Sami Zayn against Samoa Joe like that's a match that doesn't matter to anybody other than the fact that it's going to be you know Joe's first pay-per-view on the main roster um they've had a couple of little run-ins on on Raw and then they had a, a blowout on a, you know m- on Monday but it's not a match that means anything there's not going to be any program between the two of them unless they run it into Mania which they might just to have Joe do something but it's the same as like the Sami Zayn, um, Braun Strowman, you know, nonsense that they had going on for weeks. Well, here's a big guy with nothing to do and a small guy with nothing to do. Let's throw them together. The big guy will beat the piss out of him. But we're not going to make it mean anything. Like Sami's not going to go anywhere. He's not going to elevate after he fights this guy. And Strowman's not going to, you know, have, have his path changed. Now he's just in a card with Reigns. And when he loses to Reigns at Fastlane, the Strowman's just going to go back into the mix again, and Reigns will just continue on the same course. It's not going to elevate him anywhere. Well, well just moving on to to Fastlane then. I mean, I mean, pretty much agree that Raw wasn't uh, spectacular. <clears throat> I mean, well, we can start with that match anyway. I mean, that that was, you know, that that was how they brought to, to Raw to a close <clears throat> with with them two. Uh, the contracts that and in trying to make it a big deal and. Let's let's face it; it's not particularly a big deal. If the if the rumours are true that Roman Reigns is actually going to be uh, pairing up with uh, the Undertaker at WrestleMania, could we see uh, something happen here at Fastlane where the uh, the Undertaker makes an appearance 
as to cost Roman Reigns the match, thereby you know, Strowman goes over, keeps his momentum going, and but Roman Reigns is also protected in the mix? I don't think Strowman should go over. I think I think Reigns has to win this match and build, you know, and come out of it looking strong so that either he walks out on Monday night and calls out Taker or Taker appears and calls him out because if he interferes and Strowman wins, like, it's just going to knock some of the, the gleam off it. And, you know, like, Taker's another one, like, you shouldn't be facing the Undertaker coming off a loss. You, you should be going into Taker match looking strong. That that for me is a title match in itself, facing the Undertaker, especially at Mania. So I'd rather see Reigns win, and then either the lights go down and Taker comes out, or they just do it the next night on Raw. But I I don't want to see Taker interfere and cost Reigns. It'd be very WWE to do it. But I'd rather see Reigns win in like the John Cena fashion where he gets his ass kicked for a little while, then mounts the comeback and wins. And then the lights can go down and Taker can come out and they can stare off and then come Monday they set the match up. But this isn't one where it needs to have Taker come out and interfere. Like they, they planted the seed at Mania and Taker can just walk out on after the fight or on Monday and just say, Look, you cost me the chance to go to Mania and fight for the title. So now I'm here to tell you that you're facing me at Mania and that's your punishment. Like that, that to me is enough. What about you then, Modi? Do you feel like uh, it's important here, whether it's Reigns or, or Strowman that goes over or, or, or do they throw Undertaker into the mix? Um, I think there'll be some hint of some element of Undertaker presence um, but I think the actual outcome of the match will be inconclusive. I, I, I see it possibly ending in a double count out or a disqualification win for one or the other, uh, but not a conclusive finish because, I mean, Dave, Dave's right. They need to protect Reigns if he's to be the opponent for The Undertaker going into WrestleMania. But at the same time, they're clearly trying to protect Braun Strowman. They clearly see something in him, or maybe Vince specifically sees something in him. And um, don't want him to job in a match like this just yet. So if any of these matches are not going to finish conclusively, I think it's this one. And, um, you know, whether it's the next night on Raw or possibly after the match, um, I agree that there'll be some um, hint of a setup for the Undertaker match for one of the two uh, to set up for WrestleMania. Yeah, a distinct possibility of, of a no finish in that one. Uh, what about move over to the to the women? And we've again, you know, there's so many rumours. It's such as the wrestling uh, industry, but the talk of a four way at WrestleMania between uh, Sasha Banks, Nia Jax, Charlotte, and Bailey. Well, you know, we're going to see the, them four facing off uh, into singles matches at Fastlane. Uh, Sasha Banks once again up against Nia Jax and then Bailey against Charlotte. Um, what about them two more? I mean, I think it's it, it's it's almost a, a prerequisite now that we expect Charlotte to win because it's a pay-per-view. That's right, absolutely. She'll be the heavy favourite. Um, and the fact that we've had the title change on TV yet again um, sets things up nicely for Charlotte to win. Um, I think this would be, what, her fourth title reign or fifth title win if she does win over Bailey. Um, so, 
you know, and, and obviously they're pushing this pay-per-view streak for Charlotte as well, that she's undefeated on pay-per-view and she's something like 15 or 16 um, uh, to zero in terms of her record. So I, I, I'd be very surprised if Bailey walks away as a champion. Um, Charlotte almost certainly win, will, will win the belt. Um, as for the other match, um, the way it's been booked is suggested that Nia is just way too strong for Sasha Banks, um, which suggests to me that Sasha will get a, a win of some description in this one um, because, you know, Sasha, since she's come in, um, has been looked after pretty well, but um, you know, it would it'd be unusual for them to have her squashed in such a fashion repeatedly and then in this big singles contest for her to lose clean again. So I think Sasha will win. Charlotte will win, but um, the thing we've speculated all along is there'll be a four-way match between these four at WrestleMania, and I'm still sure that that'll be the case. Yeah. What about yourself then, Dave? Uh, are you the same? You expect Charlotte to go over here, and and more likely that uh, Sasha Banks somehow uh, sneaks sneaks a win over Nia Jax? Yeah, and I like I I I hate what they're doing with the women's division. I, like I said earlier. It wasn't strong enough or deep enough to split it between two brands. And we'll be seeing the fifth reign of Charlotte Flair within a year, I might add. She won her first title April 3rd of last year. This will be five title reigns in a year, which is just ridiculous and completely takes away any legitimacy that title has when you consider that she's also lost it four times. So this will be the ninth title reign since they introduced this belt. And like that's that's just stupid. Like there's no rhyme or reason for that. Charlotte's gonna win, and she's gonna come out and roll and say, "I've never lost at a pay per view." Blah blah blah. And then all four are gonna troop to the ring, or do the three are gonna troop to the ring, and they're gonna set up some four way at Mania. It's what's gonna happen, and it, it'll be the one that Charlotte loses. I imagine will be at Mania. It'll be her first pay per view loss. But you know, she's gonna beat Bailey. There's going to be some sort of stupid outside interference, either from you know that little clone that she has walking around with her, or Nia Jax will come out, or you know maybe maybe they throw a little bit of a swerve and Sasha comes out, tries to help Bailey, ends up costing her the title, and then that sets them up for Mania, and then Charlotte is left with Nia Jax. Like I, I don't, I get Nia Jax is one of those that I don't enjoy watching, kind of like the Big Show and all those other. You know, big slow-moving buildings of human beings. Um, I, I'm I'm not in any way interested in either of these two matches because we've seen them, like we've seen Bailey against Charlotte now what five times. Um, yeah. We we've we, and she's only but Bailey's only been on the main roster a couple of months. We've seen Nia Jax against Sasha a bunch of times. We we don't need to continually see these matches. I don't I don't like. The way they do these things, where they have them face each other like ten times, and then they put it on a pay per view. Oh, but this is a pay per view, like it, it's the horseshit. Yeah. Like. It, it just that's make thing, sense yeah. to me. Yeah, that's it. We, you know, there's 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 something like about eighteen to twenty pay per views a year now, and you've got three, well, five hours of live television every week to fill, and we are just seeing the same matches over and over and over again. It's it's just so much overexposure. It is hurting the talent. And then the title in the in the process, the titles are being uh, hurt as well. And yeah, I mean Charlotte's on course to uh, eclipse her father's uh, title reign within three years. So yeah, yeah, it's it's just it's not 
it's not smart, is it? It really is not smart. No, and it's it's overexposed. For, like I'm I'm not a big fan of Charlotte. I can appreciate why why a lot of people are, but I like it's the overexposure of her, and I don't think she's ready for this. Is a girl who only got into the business about four years ago. I don't think she's ready to be someone you have on TV. You know, every single week. It, not not just Matt wrestling. Wrestling's fine, but she has the microphone in her hand every single week, and I just don't see that she's ready for that. For me, when she speaks, she's a hybrid of her dad and Stephanie McMahon. I don't know who Charlotte Flair is. When she speaks, she comes across as basically Stephanie McMahon doing an impression of Ric Flair, or vice versa. Um, and for me, it's hurting her. It's hurting the division. They they screwed this up with the brand extension. There should have been one women's division. Even if you're going to switch it, like split it across the two, leave it with one champion and have them roll between both brands. I said at the time it should have been the same for the world title, you know, and and all the belts. Yeah. One one make, champion. Make it, the US. More. Sorry, go on. Put the US champion on one brand. Put the IC champion on the other, and they're they're your main guys on those brand, mm-hmm. and then the champion oversees at everything. He's the one that oversees the whole lot and comes in, and he's picking his opponents, or his opponents are you know elevating themselves for him, and he's facing a raw, um, a raw guy, you know, one pay per view, and then two pay per views later he's facing a SmackDown SmackDown guy. Same with the women's title. We're seeing it too often. Nine title changes in a year, even if it's just the eight, even if Bailey holds on to it, eight title changes in a year is a farce. And I think there's already been four title reigns with the SmackDown women's title. I think I'm right with that. Two for Alexa, one for uh, Becky Lynch, and one for Naomi. So four. So in, in the last year, we've had 12 different women's champions. Like, what? The women's division isn't strong anyway. There's maybe there's a calendar there, Dave. There's a calendar for you. There is. That's it. It's one a month, and <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like it's absolutely ridiculous. There, there isn't a strong. It's the weakest of all the divisions, and I'd include the tag team division. I think the tag team division is now stronger than the women's division. Like, and on on SmackDown, you've got basically four girls who could compete for the title. You could say Natalia and Nikki as well. That's six. And on Raw, there's four. That's ten across two brands. Are you kidding me? Like that's that's insane. They're just it's it's not deep enough to do a, a split. And if it was like if they just left it on one and they were having all these title changes, that's fine because you might have eight different champions over that time. But instead, we've had four on Raw in eight. Four. Sasha's had three. Bailey's had one. Charlotte's had four titles, and the other one we've had three: two for Alexa, one for Nikki, or one for Becky, and one for. The, it's just stupid. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, I, Dave. I, I do have to. Yeah, you know, I agree that um, it's ludicrous to have a split female division. Um, it just kills, you know, the momentum that could have been created by them moving away from, you know, the outdated uh, now, deepest I, kind of. Division. I don't know how true this is, Mo, but I I read somewhere that the original plan was for the women's title to stay on Raw 
under Stephanie, it was going to be like her thing. But that because they decided to put Cena on SmackDown to boost, obviously, the quality of their roster, Nikki had to go to SmackDown. So the SmackDown women's division was basically created as a vehicle for Nikki Bella. Now, I don't know if that's true, but it does sound plausible to me that they would do that. Yeah, I don't think that is. I think that might have been a rumour because since the brand split, um, Cena's hardly appeared on SmackDown. And he spent most of the time away working on other projects or dealing with injuries or whatever. Um, and, and and by the same token, uh, Nikki's not been around all the time since then as well. Uh, but yeah, it, it's just been a a failure, um, and it, it's just with it's held back the division when it could have been making real strides. And I do think that under Charlotte as the main star of the women's division across the both brands, um, you know, it has made progress from what it was, which was just a you know a card filler and the likes of Charlotte and Sasha are certainly more over than some of the others like Nikki Bella were in recent years. But, um, you know, this whole brand split for the women's division is not doing any favors whatsoever. It's a real shame as well. When you, when you look at the amount of the depth of talent now, you know, you know, when you're talking in ring talent, you know what these girls can do in the ring, you know, they've got some pure, pure wrestlers there now. Uh, to to a depth that they never ever had really you know you go back to the weather talk about the glory years and really it was between sort of three or four that mm. were having really good matches now that they've got like half a dozen at least that can put on really oh. good matches here you know yeah, and it's and that it's then, a shame isn't it though that 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 it's what you could be looking at then is one really strong you know women's roster but well, instead of splitting it down we've got two We've got two, I mean, not quite weak, but pretty thin rosters. But like, there hasn't been a title match for the Raw Women's Championship without Charlotte yet, has there? I don't think there has. No, and no, you're right. That for me is a is a problem. Like, take her out of some of these matches. Take her out of the mix. Yeah, Give her something else to do. She is massively overexposed, and it's hurting her. And as a result, it's hurting the women's division because she's meant to be the main person in it. Personally, I'd love to see Bailey and Sasha go one-on-one in, you know, that 30-minute Iron Woman match that they had between Charlotte and Sasha. Like, that was that was a really good match. But I'd like to see a match now between Bailey and Sasha that's built similarly and given the same sort of, you know, scope to work with it. Take Charlotte out of some of these. Like, give her a different focus for a little while. I don't know what it would be. I don't really care what it would be. At the moment, they're limited on what it can be because, like I said, there's only four women who are going to be in the mix on on Raw. So unless they have Nia Jax come in and cost um, Charlotte this match at Fastlane and then that becomes Charlotte's, you know... Uh, point of attention is that she goes off and has a, a program with Nia Jax, which leaves Bailey and Sasha to headline May or to be the you know the women's match at Mania for the title. I don't see how they get Charlotte out of the title mix or any of them really because there's just not enough talent there. There's only four of them who are going to be taken seriously in 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 that thing unless they bring up some of the women from NXT, which is obviously 
you know, a probability after Mania. Um, but and it, that's it, a problem for them because there's only one in NXT that's ready to ready. be brought in, and yeah. that's Asuka. Yeah. The rest are nowhere near. They're probably a couple of years away from being ready. Yeah, and that's it. And you bring Asuka up, and then all of a sudden the women's division in NXT is absolutely screwed. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, again, it's all these problems that the uh, that the brand split had. But uh, moving on from the women, anyway, and something you alluded to was the, the tag team titles. Uh, it's Gallows and Anderson defending against uh, Enzo Mori and Big Cass. Um, more, where do you see this one going? Well, um, this week we saw uh, Big Cass get uh, quite an easy win over Luke Gallows. Um, so for me, that was a hint that the champions will retain. Um, you know, Gallows and Anderson waited very patiently throughout last year, getting squashed repeatedly by the New Day uh, before, obviously, they beat Cesaro and Sheamus for the belts uh, recently. And um, I, I think that they might have a decent run with the belts. Um, you know, Cass and Enzo are a good you know, undercard to act. I mean, they've got their their kind of gimmick and their promos and um, you know, that's moderately over. Well, in, in some, some weeks it's very over. Um, but as the kind of focal point of the tag division in, in the ring, you know, I don't think they're quite there. Um, so I don't see them becoming the champions just yet. And um, I think they've got a bit of way to go in the ring to really be considered a viable champion. So I think the champions will retain. And what about yourself, Dave? You see uh, Anderson and Gallows retaining here, or the possibility yeah. of, of somehow this um, going on towards Mania and and including uh, Sheamus and Cesaro to make it a three-way? And I think you've got to put the New Day into that mix as well, surely, because... like, Well, they're going to be the host of WrestleMania, apparently. They are, but I think, it's just, I think you have to have them. Or you bring in... Um, Rusev and, and what's-his-face, Mahal, and bring them into the title mix as well. Um, it's obviously you, you're not going to run two heel teams against each other, but if you've got two face teams and two heel teams, you could do a decent four-way. I don't see I don't see Enzo and Cast winning this. I don't really see that being a tag team that's going to last a whole lot longer. I can see a, a split between them in the next few months where Cass maybe just gets a little tired of Enzo's mouth and kicks his head off and they set Cass on his way as a singles competitor. I've said since the day he came into NXT, I think they're building him up to be the next Diesel. When they had Diesel first, they put him at Michaels. Now Michaels is obviously much, much better than Enzo will ever be, but Enzo's ability to talk is what has him in the ring. He's not a particularly good worker, but he's great on the mic. I think they'll eventually split them, send Cass on his way, and I think they're going to elevate him to be one of the top stars. I do think in two to three years, he's going to be one of the top the top guys in the WWE. Yeah, so we see, uh, see Gallows and Anderson retaining here, and uh, perhaps even a little seed being planted of, uh, mm. of Big Cass beginning to get a little frustrated or... Something along yeah, and like it's, it's good to see Gallows and Anderson finally having the title run. Um, they came in with a lot of hype. They were obviously brilliant in Japan. They've been around a long time. Um, you know, Gallows just need to in. stop saying dweebs. They do. They, they need to stop dweebs and nerds and geeks. Yeah. Like it, 
just just stop. Take the microphone away from, from Luke Gallows because every time he opens his mouth, it just gets cringeworthy. Leave the microphone in Anderson's hand. He's not great on the mic, but he's solid. And let them let what they do in the ring tell the story um, because they're very, very good in the ring. They're a very good tag team. They've got great chemistry. They transition really well. And like I'd like to see them now get a decent run with these belts because, again, these belts have kind of jumped around. Like The New Day had them for over a year but then this it sort of jumped around a little bit too quickly for me if Seamus and Cesaro were to get the titles for a prolonged for a run they should have gotten a prolonged run not just a couple of months um there's no real point in them still being together if they're not uh, not champions in my view yeah it's it is a shame to see these titles as well as uh, all the others uh, moving around far too much uh, sticking with title matches though uh, Neville defending the Cruiserweight Championship against Jack Gallagher. Um, I'm looking forward to this one. I'm really looking forward to this one, uh, particularly enjoying Neville since his heel turn anyway. Uh, I mean, he's been great and, and just such a big fan of Jack Gallagher. It's uh, uh, not just how the two personalities have clashed and, and how they've kind of played that out, but uh, just what these two will put together in the ring more. Uh, I'm I'm actually really looking forward to this one. Yeah, as am I. Um, you know, Gallagher's great, isn't he? Um, very different, unique character in the WWE. Um, Neville, you know, he's uh, a very good worker, very acrobatic, and uh, it's great to see. Um, I think what would be the first all-British um, title match in the history of the WWE. I might be mistaken, but I'm pretty pretty sure that's the case. Um, with the exception, obviously, of the WWE UK Championship, which was recently crowned. Um, I think that this will go the way of Neville. I think he will retain purely for the fact that I think there will be a title change in the main event. And I've already predicted a, a title change for the Raw Women's Championship. And I don't see there being three title changes. Um, and I think that they might just hold off on a Gallagher um, title win possibly for, for Mania. Um, I, I think that they really like Nev, uh, sorry, like Gallagher and uh, will like to put the title in at some point, but I think Neville retained for now. Um, but, I mean, there, there's a, a kind of a wider problem with the Cruiserweight division in that it's just uh, completely dead on the Raw brand. And, um, you know, just as we talked about how um, splitting the Raw, sorry, the women's division and the tag team divisions was a mistake. Well, I think putting the cruiserweight champion uh, the cruiserweight division over onto the raw brand has been a complete disaster because yeah. it's not over on that brand in the slightest and the fact that the cruiserweight matches are barely getting two minutes on the show now um suggests that you know they're bombing the ratings as well which is yeah. why they're in and out of the ring before you know it so the, yeah. the sooner that they have a, a brand extension and move the cruiserweights over to smackdown which i always felt which was a better fit for them, the better, really. Yeah, I, I, I was always against them being on Raw because you could see this happening from a mile away. Uh, I've got to say, I, I think they'll hold off on Jack Gallagher for possibly a bit longer because I think what we're looking at is uh, Austin Aries and uh, Neville yes. at WrestleMania. Um, Dave, uh, what about yourself? Your thoughts on, yeah. uh, on Neville against Jack Gallagher? I 100% agree with you. I think we're looking at, at Aries against Neville. Like, th this 205 uh, division has saved Neville's WWE career because it was completely dead 
beforehand. It was going absolutely nowhere. They had no idea how to use him. They had no good storylines for him. This has revived him. But like Mo said, they've completely screwed it because like 205 Live is, is, is fantastic. It's a lot of fun to watch. But the Cruiserweight matches on Raw are a complete waste of time. They don't benefit anybody. Um, they certainly don't benefit the two guys in the ring because literally it's taken them longer to walk from their dressing room to the ring and then back again than they're actually getting in the ring. And that's just not fair. So either take them off SmackDown and Raw completely and just have it as 205 Live and try and push that or shift the whole thing across to SmackDown because the way, especially given the head writer of SmackDown is the guy who was the head writer of NXT, I think he'll have a lot more use for them. I think he'll find ways to use them in cle- like clever segments and give them more time. Um, I think I not think only it, that, Dave, but actually having them on SmackDown, the, the roster on SmackDown is so thin that they get yeah. all this exposed on TV. Well, so who, who if you've got like one or AJ two... Styles against Neville. Who yeah. wouldn't like to see AJ Styles against Austin Aries? Yeah, but having the, having one or two cruiserweight matches in that two-hour show of SmackDown yeah. means that you don't have to see the same people headlining SmackDown every single week. Exactly, and it keeps them all fresh in the in the process. I I think for me it's a, it's the it's just the ideal fit. Yeah, I think it's absolutely perfect. It's what should have happened from the beginning. Like if you wanted to split the tag titles across both, that's fine. Then put the women on Raw. And the cruiserweights on SmackDown, and maybe that's what they should do now—just swap it out, you know, a big trade or something, where the cruiserweights go to um, go to SmackDown and they with the women off off. Now the only problem with that, obviously, is that Nikki's not one not going to go, and Maurice is not going to go because Cena and The Miz are on SmackDown. So there's a logistical problem there, but they have to get the they have to get the entire cruiserweight thing away from Raw and either just have it as 205 Live or have it as 205 plus SmackDown or 205 plus NXT. Find something better to do with it because it was a brilliant idea, but they're screwing it up because they're WWE and that's pretty much what they do is is screw things up. Uh, I I don't think there's an issue for Maurice because she's effectively just a valet anyway, but... Uh, if the rumours are true of Nikki uh, calling it a day after WrestleMania, I think it becomes a whole lot easier to say, yeah, okay, you know what, sure. we'll unify the, the women's, uh, we'll unify the women's divisions back together as one, and then they can have a big unification match, and and that all looks great, mm. yeah, and get the cruiserweights over to SmackDown, shorter show, less exposure, it just. I think it's just a better fit and will be better for, beneficial for both shows in the process. The other one I forgot is Naomi because the Usos are on SmackDown. She's not going to want to be on Raw. Well, they can always swap a tag team around. They could. And that'd be very, and look, I'd love to see the Usos back on Raw. I think because the Usos in what they're doing now, this heel version of the Usos, I think is quite fun. We've all been calling for Reigns to turn heel for what? How long has this podcast been going, Mo? A year and a half? More? Um, yeah, coming up to two years in the summer. Yeah, 18 months yeah. now. So put put Reigns with the Usos as a heel unit. Let them run. It would make it would make more sense. Even just pull all the tag teams across. 
just put them all on Raw <laughs> and just put the Cruiserweights on, on SmackDown. The, like, I'd rather watch the Cruiserweights than most of them. I watch 205 Live live every week. I, I you know, watch the ones on download oh. the next day or two days later or whatever. But 205 Live and NXT, I watch live because they're the most enjoyable to watch. When um, they talked about the brand extension and we were talking about it on, on this podcast, um, my feeling always was, was that um, SmackDown should be the more wrestling-orientated show, whereas Raw should be the one that's more aimed at the casual viewers that are more interested yeah. in storylines and interviews and things like that, which has less emphasis on the and, and the big names that they know. Yes, that's right, yeah. And, you know, they, they clearly didn't do that and they didn't have enough differentiation between the brands. I think they've got to press the reset button after WrestleMania because, you know, after WrestleMania, um, you know, unless they come up with really big ideas, the ratings will, will, I think, start to go down. And, you know, the way things are going, come NFL season starting in September, you know, ratings for Raw will hit an all-time low, the lowest that they've ever been in the 20, by then, four-year history of the show. And, you know, that that's a very poor f- place for them to be in so you know they, they've got to really start coming up with clever ideas more than just switching titles every couple of weeks um to reverse um the path in the ratings yeah well, I mean, wcw used to switch the titles didn't they every other week and it works well for a very short space of time because you're not used to seeing it but that quickly 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 dissipates doesn't it exactly but the other things that worked really well for them where Goldberg's long unbeaten streak because people got invested, the NWO just wiping everybody out because people got invested. So those two long-term storylines worked brilliantly, and they're what drove them to beat Monday Night Raw in the ratings. And then it was when they started fucking about and throwing the titles around left, right, and center, and you had like the finger poke and all that kind of nonsense. That's what killed them. And like WWE are are never going to go away most likely because of the network and whatever else. So even if they did, you know, have to cut down to say, you know, three hours of television a week or whatever, they'll always find a home. Vince will find a home for it on TV. Um, so they're never going to go away the way WCW did also because there's nobody there to buy them out the way Vince did with WCW. But like, like most said, when, when football season comes back, and of course, around that that time as well, you start getting towards um, the baseball playoffs, and then the NBA season comes back, and hockey starts back, and it just—it's a lot of competition that they're going to have to go up against, and those numbers are going to drop. And they were low last year, and if they go much lower, I mean, they they brought back Shane because the numbers were lower. I don't think there's another McMahon hiding out there that we're all waiting to hear. Uh, come back, uh, like, what are they going to do? Bring back Austin? Bring back The Rock? The Rock won't come back. Austin might come back in some sort of commissioner role, the way they brought Foley back. But these are all desperation moves that they've made. Bringing back Shane, bringing back Daniel Bryan, bringing back Mick Foley. Like, these weren't moves that were made because things were going well. These were things that the brand split as well. These were things that were done because it wasn't working. And, you know, whether it was a worker or, or not, when Shane walked out that first night, he said he was back because Raw was crap and the ratings were in the toilet. 
and that was that was two facts. That wasn't just you know the the scripted um, spiel that he had to come out with. Those are two facts, and it probably wasn't easy to convince Vince to allow him to walk out and say, "I'm here because this sucks and because your ratings are absolutely awful." A year later, and it's still the case. Yeah. <laughs> Nuts, absolutely nuts. Yeah. Uh, just getting back to Fastlane card then, um, and, we, and we briefly mentioned it, but Sami Zayn against Samoa Joe then, Dave. Um, I, I know that you said, you know, you're not particularly looking, you know, you're not... not Joe's going to beat him. You haven't, you're not excited by then. it. Yeah, the, 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 the build to it is not exactly exciting, but no. I'm, I'm looking forward to it purely that I think it'll be really good match to watch it'll be a fun match if this had been built properly this could be a great match that i'd really be invested in um but we know what's going to happen is that joe's going to win because they're not going to have him come back and take rollins out and then lose to Sami Zayn. i'm sure the original plan was that he'd face rollins at this pay-per-view um so sammy's just been drafted in um i don't know like it for me it's another botched opportunity with the way they brought Joe back. I, I understand bringing him back, having him jump Rollins, but obviously the injury is unfortunate. But there's just there's other ways to do it. He was well known enough that they could have done with him what they did with Styles. People were excited by Styles because of TNA. Like I know he'd been to Japan, but he got made his name in TNA. Everyone knew Joe. Like Joe's not a secret. He's been on NXT now for what two years. He'd been on TNA, he'd been in Ring of Honor. Everybody knows Samoa Joe. There was a way they could have done this properly. Like, look at when they brought KO out first against Cena. Everybody already knew who the guy was from NXT and Ring of Honor. They didn't need to bring him out and have him, like, jump Rollins. They could have had him walk out behind Rollins and Triple H say, you want to get me, go through him. They could have done it properly, and they didn't. And it, it cost them set Rollins now. I know he was out on Raw saying, oh, the doctors won't clear. Like, there's no way he's at Mania. There's just there's not a chance. That guy tore his ACL again. He's not at Mania. Let's stop playing about. He won't be there. If he is, it's utterly ridiculous that they're allowing him to risk his career. But they could have done the Joe thing better. And they're screwing it with this like, the Cesaro thing on Monday and now Zane. It just it doesn't work for me. No, uh, more... Sami Zayn and Samoa Joe then. I mean, Sami Zayn had an incredible match with um, Shinsuke Nakamura last year at, um, at the TakeOver in Dallas. Do you think we could we could see something similar here in, in terms of the style, you know, with, with Joe being that sort of hard-hitting, brutal style as well? You know, they, they could structure a similar kind of match where, you know, Zayn comes out of it looking strong despite, uh, obviously, uh, taking the loss I don't think this match will be as good as that one um, possibly nowhere close but uh, I still think this will be the match of the night um, at Fastlane which isn't saying much because of the matches on the card I don't think any more than a couple of them will be really good matches um, I think only this one and possibly Charlotte against Bailey will be pretty good or really good um, Neville against Gallagher has the potential if they were given time to have a really good match, but I don't think they'll be given um, adequate time to have a good one. Um, so that's why I think Sammy and Samoa Joe will have the best match. But uh, I agree with Dave. Um, Joe has to win this one. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm certain he will. 
Um, they've clearly brought him in and putting him over strong. And um, I think it will really be after WrestleMania that um, his um, career will, in certain, certainly in terms of the main roster, will start to take um, more uh, clear direction. Um, at this moment in time, you know, things have been messed about somewhat by the unfortunate injury to Rollins. I think if he hadn't got injured, um, then um, Joe and Rollins would certainly be um, involved in a, a pretty strong storyline leading up to the inevitable match between Triple H and uh, Rollins at WrestleMania. But um, as Dave suggests, you know, that that's looking increasingly likely, almost uncertain to happen at WrestleMania. And if that's the case, we'll have to come up with a different idea between now and then for Samoa Joe. Um, but Sami Zayn, um, you know, I think he, he will lose this. And, you know, if they do decide to have a, a shuffle around of the brands after WrestleMania, you know, he'd oh, be a fine choice to down. go. Yeah, yeah, he'd be ideal for that brand. Please. Um, or just you know, put him back on NXT. Like, he's just wasted on Raw. He is now where where Neville was a couple of months ago. Absolutely wasted been put in matches that don't make any sense from just so he can job to whichever big angry person Vince wants. Um, like, don't get me wrong, Joe's a great worker, but it, it just, just doesn't make sense. Like, Sammy could make Cruiser weight. I think he weighs 210. You could have him go on a diet and get to 205 and put him in the in the Cruiser weight division and, and think of the matches he'd have there. Like, he'd be phenomenal. Um, I know they brought him into the main roster, the feud with Owens, but it just it had, like he's too good to be in the position he's in. He's too good of a worker to be in this position. They need to find a better way to use him, and he's not the only one. Like maybe put put him as part of a tag team that could work really well because it's done well for Cesaro. Put the IC title on him. Get him over on SmackDown and put the IC title. Oh, yeah, on him. yeah. The yeah. workers' title. It's it's the thing it's, with it's Sammy perfect... Zayn. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Sami Zayn is, in some ways, he's almost like the heir apparent to Daniel Bryan. You know, he's this plucky underdog that yeah. um, has this likability to him. And um, you can see the fans really want to get into him and really root for him. But um, the way he's been booked, it's like that of a complete loser. And, um, you know, I think if given the right environment, i.e. SmackDown, then, you know, he can really get over mm. and fill that kind of gap that, you know, Daniel Bryan's left behind that nobody's filled thus far. And- Think of the programs and the matches you could have between him and Ambrose. Like Ambrose has been in a bit of a funk in time in terms of his work for quite a while now. I don't think his work has been where it needs to be, and I, I know he's a better worker than what we're seeing. I think Sammy could be the guy who drags it out of him because when he worked with AJ, there was a couple of matches that they had where you really saw signs of what Ambrose can do. I think Sammy's never quit. You know, fight till you drop. Attitude is very similar to what they have Ambrose doing. You throw those two guys together, that could be a hell of a program. And like you say, that title is meant to be the worker's title. That's for the best worker. So having two faces go up against you, there isn't really a, a big issue. Start putting a focus on it. Have someone come out and say, you know what, this icy title hasn't been used properly. They tried to do it a few years back with Cody Rhodes. If you remember when he unveiled the white belt. And he talked about how it used to stand for this, this, and this, and then that had gotten lost. Do it properly now. Like, actually do it properly. Make it seem like something. Do the same with the US title, because that's what its function's meant to be. 
on Raw. The fact that Jericho's gone into hiding with it at the moment is, is a bit bizarre, but you know, those titles are meant to serve a purpose, and right now it's not serving a purpose. Ambrose is having a decent run of things with it on, on SmackDown, and I think the Corbin series will be interesting, but they're going to use it to elevate Corbin. They're going to put it on Corbin, and while I like Corbin, he's not a great worker. Like he, He's good, he's solid, but he's not a great worker, and it they're using it as a vehicle, and what they've done for the last few years, they've used it as a vehicle to just promote these younger guys, these big guys, into the main event, the w, into the world title uh, picture. But that's not what the purpose of it is. Like when I was growing up, you had like Ricky Steamboat was a great IC champion, um, Mr. Perfect was a great IC champion, Texas Tornado was a good IC champion, Bret Hart when when he was first coming in, Shawn Michaels uh, before he really exploded. Um, Rick Rude, Rick Rude, like, and and he was brilliant. And like, Warrior beat him then, and then that elevated him to Hogan. But that was like aside from what they'd always done. Like Piper was a really good IC champion, and guys like those who they're not main event, you know, world title guys, but they're guys you could build a solid pay per view around, or they're guys you could have coming out as your opening match at Mania. And setting the stage and saying to every other person in that dressing room, right, that's what we've just done. Now go out and beat that. And it elevates the bar. Because right now the bar is set too low. But you start getting those belts. Like Benoit, a name that's cancer around the WWE now. But that guy as Intercontinental Champion, as a curtain jerker, was unbelievable. And I, I remember hearing like old wrestlers say that when you got to the building and you saw the card written out for the night, Benoit was on first. You were just like, I am absolutely screwed because that guy's going to have the night of the match as the first match on. And that's what we need to find with, with the WWE now, with that IC title, is somebody who can walk out, first match, set the bar high, and everybody else, because they have the talent. Like, they don't have the elite names now that they had 10, 15, 20 years ago. But I think the overall level of talent and the overall ability of these guys to work is better than what it's been maybe ever in terms of Absolutely, depth. Yeah, but, but they're just not oh, using yeah. it correctly because and <clears throat> every single one of those guys came through Ring of Honor. Every single one of them who should be in that mix came through Ring of Honor. Yeah, the, the brand split has absolutely held the company back full stop because mm. there's so many great talents in ring workers in raw smackdown and even a few on nxt who the, the problem is they've all been segregated so yeah. you know we're seeing the same three or four or five wrestle against each other week after week on their own specific brands whereas if they're all together on one brand then you know the combinations that you can have from week to week means that you're only seeing them wrestle each other three or four times a year, perhaps, Ron. That's it. But think of it this way, Mo. If you put the title belt, the the IC title belt, on Cesaro, Mm. are you telling me you wouldn't tune in every single week to see him face guys like Sami Zayn, like Seth Rollins, like Kevin Owens, you know, all these incredible workers that we Neville... um, Austin Aries. Austin Aries, Dean Ambrose. The list goes on and on. And he's the type of guy... I, I think Cesaro is phenomenal. He's the type of guy that can have different types of matches with all these different types of guys. And then he drops the belt to Zane. 
and then Zayn has all these types of different matches with these different guys, and then say he drops it to like Owens and Rollins are in the the main mix now, so we we'll take them out of it. But there's there's a bunch of these guys, and like Robert Roode, he's another guy that should be in this mix. He's a very good worker. Put him in this mix. Get him off NXT, and and Shinze, like he shouldn't still be in NXT. Why is he still on NXT? Like because he doesn't speak English well enough. That's that, that's a stupid reason. Put him with someone who'll speak for him. In the Get ring, he's as good as anyone in the whole company. As, as anybody I think in the he's world. coming up after Mania. Get him with a Paul Heyman type. Put him with someone with a mouth. And let them do the talking and let him kick someone's ass. And that will work. That will sell. Yeah, he okay. can be the next Heyman guy. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be interesting. Um, there's there's only one match left, and I mean we've already spoke about it, which is of course Kevin Owens against Goldberg. I mean, like we say, we've we've mentioned that one. We've given your thoughts on who you think's going to go over. Um, likelihood though, more. Do you think this is going to be more than sort of five minutes? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, no, uh, I, I don't think it. I mean, if if it is, um, I'd be surprised. Uh, I think it'll be longer than obviously the match between Goldberg and Lesnar from uh, a few months ago but uh, yeah I, I think it will be a it will be kept short as is typical for Goldberg matches and um, I think we will as Dave suggested earlier in the show um, see a title change I've been predicting it since before the Raw Rumble that um, I expected Goldberg to win the belt pretty much in fact around the time I think that um, he cut that promo about um after immediately after uh, beating Lesnar, um, talking with Stephanie and talking about whether he had one more title run in him, and that for mm. me was the clue there that yeah, they're going to put the title on him at least once. And it, for me, it makes eminent sense because he's beaten Lesnar twice now, and he's eliminated Lesnar from the Rumble. So just Lesnar getting one victory over Goldberg isn't enough. There has to be more to it than that. And the only thing that can compensate for those two losses and that elimination is the title as well as the victory. And um, so on that basis, it has to be Goldberg walking away with the Universal Championship. Yeah, I mean, there's talk of I mean, people have said, oh, what about if um, if Lesnar cost Goldberg the title? But when you think about that logically, that, that doesn't make any sense because... That would be Lesnar costing himself a shot at the title at WrestleMania. So, exactly. you know, in pure logic sense, I know it, obviously it's it, this is real. It's you know it is predetermined and all that. But as a pure logic storyline, why on earth would anyone want to cost himself an opportunity? So, I don't see uh, Lesnar getting involved in this. And yeah, unfortunately, yeah, I, I think we're looking at a title change. Yeah, same. And it'll be under five minutes, which goes to just show how stupid they've booked um, all the titles in recent years. I mean, Owens has been champion for six months and they're going to take it off in probably about four minutes at, at you know, a secondary pay-per-view. Um, which, you know, it's, it's great that he's been able, he's not the typical guy they would have put the title on a few years ago. He's not the build or whatever. But he's proof that they're maybe putting ability to work above everything else. The same with Ballard, the same with Rollins. Um, but for me, this this is just you know worst case scenario. They're they're going to take the belt off him. They're going to put it on Goldberg. 
and they're going to have Goldberg and Lesnar. And again, like Goldberg Lesnar, that's not going to be more than five minutes at Mania. And that's that's your headline bout for Mania is a, f- a four minute match between two guys, one of whom has had three matches in what twelve years. Um, by then that'll be his third his third match and the Rumble, so four. And, and the other guy is banned from competing in MMA for taking steroids. His head has grown exponentially over the years. And and this is the guy they want to put the belt on. And you're going to try and tell me he's not failing drug tests left and right while you're suspending people for wellness issues. Like, this is everything that's wrong with WWE. Like, there's so much about it that's good. And there's so much about it that it could be great and could be so much fun. But this... Goldberg-Lesnar nonsense is everything that's wrong with it. And it just, to me, it's a sack of shit. Get Goldberg off my television. <laughs> don't ever let me see Brock Lesnar in the ring. I don't want to see them. I will not watch that match at Mania. I will purposely turn off. And when Twitter tells me it's over, I'll turn back on. Because I just don't want to watch those two guys. Like I didn't want to watch the first match. And... It was what 108 seconds or, or something stupid, um, yeah, and yeah. like the thing is, their first match. Go back to their first match at Mania all those years ago, was awful, awful. These are two guys that couldn't wrestle in their prime. Lesnar came in as he was going to be this big, massive, you know, Kurt Angle but bigger and all this horseshit. Like, and he has three moves. He's got three moves, and he has lost legitimately once without some sort of interference or, you know, uh, questionable circumstance. He's lost once since he came back, and that was to Goldberg in 108 seconds. Are you kidding me? He's got three moves, and he's juiced out of his mind. He's, he's quit MMA, so he's taken off the USADA drug list test. So he can't be randomly tested. So he can just take all the steroids now. And uh, because he's he's because a part-time or he's classed as a part-time in the WWE, the WWE wellness policy only applies to full-time independent yeah. contractors, not the part-time. So, he so he's not even tested. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, it, you know, that's it, why he's retired again, hasn't he, from MMA? Because um, he wanted to get back on the gear. That's it. Like, he, what, what age is Brock? Brock is 40, isn't he? He's turning 40 in a couple of months. You're a 40-year-old man. the fuck are you still doing taking all these steroids? Who do you think you are, Hulk Hogan? I just stop. Someone needs to stop. Have a word with him. Put him out to pasture. Tell him to go and raise his kids and live on his farm. He's made more than enough money. He doesn't need the money. So just get him off TV. He hasn't helped the ratings. I don't care if there's a small spike when he's on. He's not on regularly enough to help. And the the last fiasco where they had him at, at like when they built that big thing with Randy Orton, and it ended up that he threw an elbow and split Orton's head open, and they had to stop the fight. Like you're not telling me that was scripted. There's no way that was scripted. But that guy's so juiced out of his mind, he couldn't control himself. And he split Orton's head open. And then that was the end of that. That all just disappeared. Like, oh, we won't do this anymore. I, what? 
So there you go, folks. Fast lane should be lots of fun. <laughs> uh, before we before we go, um, thoughts on on Beth Phoenix uh, being the next person into uh, the Hall of Fame more? Um, thoroughly undeserved. I don't really think she's had a Hall of Fame career by any stretch of the imagination. But um, no, the policy is that there has to be a female inductee into the Hall of Fame each year, and. Um, you know, I, mean, I thought she, I thought she was she was good. She obviously it's longevity she didn't have. She was only there for a few years. I thought she was good, and un- unfortunately, she was there at a time when there was very little else to work with. There was. I mean, she, she wasn't a bad worker, but I didn't think she was a particularly great worker or even a good worker. I thought she was um, a better one amongst um, quite a bunch of poor ones at the time. And, um, you know, granted, she had a couple of title runs and a couple of decent storylines. But, um, you know, she was really over with the fans, um, didn't have a catalogue of great matches, um, you know, didn't really do anything of note. I mean, if you ask me to recall notable things that she did, the only thing that I remember is um, eliminating the great Kali out of the Rumble. And that's it. (laughs) You know, and that that's probably not what she'd be hoped to be remembered for, but that's all I remember about her. Um, so is that a Hall of Fame career? No, but as we know, with the Hall of Fame in the WWE, um, there are a lot of people in it who you can argue are not Hall of Fame caliber, but are in there. So uh, There's lots. Yeah. I, I genuinely think if you went through everybody that they've got in the Hall of Fame, you'd probably kick out about 45% of them and just be like, no, there's absolutely no way you should be in there. And she's one of the, like, look, I know they, like, this thing of they have to have a female every year. Like, what's next? Is Kelly Kelly going to be in the Hall of Fame? Or Tori Wilson? Or any one of these, you know, stream of blonde-haired, talentless things that were paraded out in front of us for years? I She was in WD, I think, for four and a half years. I think that was her run, four and a half years. Mm. Um, like Michelle McCool must be next if she's not already in Michelle McCool must be next that's where they're going I think that's a good shout for next year I would imagine you know they've got Edge's wife this year they'll get they'll get Taker's wife next year then they'll be the Bella Twins the following year like just like what Hall of Fame like this is the Hall of Fame that has Ric Flair and like Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart and all these great great you know pioneers of the sport and and this is what we're bringing in this year i i don't know like for me the two things that i can remember her doing were eliminating the great cali and glamorella and and aside from that i think that's probably that's actually probably it she had a stupid pose she used to do um she wasn't a good worker she was basically just like a blonde cheap knockoff of china not as talented, not as big, but blonde and a little bit more PC. And I, I, I don't see why she's going into the Hall of Fame. I really don't see why she's going into the Hall of Fame. Like, if it comes down, I would rather see Michelle McCool than, than you know, Beth Phoenix. I'm mean, No offence to Beth Phoenix. I'm sure she's a lovely woman. And, you know, she had a, a career that she can be proud of. It's not a Hall of Fame career, you know, I'm getting on board the Layla L Hall of Fame 2018 train now, just in case. 
Um, but like you know, like Mickey James just came back. They're someone far more deserving of the Hall of Fame um, than than Beth Phoenix. Like if, I don't know, not not the best decision, I would say. But if they have to have a female in, then that's the rule they've made for themselves. It's a stupid rule, and it is a stupid rule. It should be it should be based on career. It, it's a male-dominated sport. The Hall of Fame is going to be 95, 98% male. And that's just how it is. And, you know, it's not no sexist thing at all. It's just that there haven't been that many women who've had great careers. And the ones who have, they're already in. Well, I'm sure they could they could delve deep into the history books and, and maybe find, you know, two or three other names that haven't been The jumping yet been bomb in the angels. Get them in there. Well, that's right. I mean, if they, you know, they are quite open to acknowledge uh, wrestlers who barely or never wrestled in the WWE. And we've seen the likes of Tatsumi Fujinami, um, Antonio Inoki uh, inducted. Well, you know, is John Baba in yet? No, he's he's not in. No, no. Why is he not in? Um, there's there's a guy that should have been first ballot Hall of Fame. There you go. That's who goes in because that guy, what he did in Japan, is one of you know that's as big an imprint as anybody has ever made on this business. If it wasn't for him, there'd be a, no Antonio Inako in Inoki. They just you know there wouldn't be. So get Giant Baba in or fuck the Hall of Fame off. Yeah, yeah. Final word on of <laughs> <laughs> um, You know there's a lot of people upset that Ivan Kolov, who's um, one of the most famous WWF champions in history. Still isn't inducted, and he passed away a couple of weeks ago. And uh, the fact that he isn't in, and somebody like, um, you know, uh, Beth Phoenix has been inducted, just rubs salt in the wounds of all those Koloff fans who, who were this year. Uh, DDP, Kurt Kurt Angle, DDP. Yeah, so yeah. that's that's fine. Rock and Roll Express. That's fine. Uh, someone else as well, isn't there? There's been another person announced. Oh, too. Teddy Long. Teddy Long. Yes. <laughs> Teddy Long. Like, well, I mean, Teddy Long's seriously. been involved in the business for a long, long years, many, many years, hasn't he? Through, you know, with <coughs> behind the scenes, re- uh, as a as a ref, as a manager. I think it's kind of acknowledging oh, Joey Mercury in then in five years. <laughs> I think it's kind he... of acknowledging, you know, the 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 role he's played. That's you know, fine. Throughout the years, in different places. Give him a watch. Is, I can understand you. <laughs> Give him a watch. Don't put him in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, gents, we're out of time for tonight. Uh, it's been fun. We've certainly covered a lot of ground. But uh, before we head off, anything you'd like to plug, Dave? I'll let you go first, seeing as you were our guest. Um, just uh, all on Sports Talk, the channel, Gennaro runs it. And uh, he does a great job. I appear when I feel like it. Um, I'm doing football purists next week with Joel again, so that'll be fun. Um, that's that's pretty much it for me. I have a couple of other things that are recorded, but there's uh, technical issues as to why I can't release them at the moment. Um, but hopefully that'll all get straightened out fairly soon. You didn't record them, Dave, did you? No. <laughs> no, I had other people record them. And of course, MMA Monthly with me and Mo, phenomenal. Exactly. Give that one a listen, folks. Uh, and more across to yourself, anything that you uh, want to plug? Um, yeah, like Dave said, um, MMA Monthly. Um, 
We had a pod released uh, two or three weeks ago. Um, we'll have plenty to talk about in the next one, not least of which uh, the return of GSP will be facing Michael Bisping for the UFC middleweight title, which is a huge, huge fight. Um, so, so hopefully we'll be able to record that in the next couple of weeks. Um, and uh, beyond that, um, my first article for Total Wrestling, which I'm returning to after a, um, about 12 years away from that magazine, um, that should be out towards the end of the month. So uh, close to time, I'll, I'll give more details about that. Excellent. Well, that wraps up uh, this. Well, I was going to say this uh, fast lane preview, but we've uh, we've we've gone quite beyond that. But <laughs> yeah, we've looked ahead to fast lane um, and <laughs> certainly given our thoughts on that and other things in between. But uh, yeah, that wraps uh, things up for this show uh, with the, this uh, this edition of the Pro Wrestling Index here on the Anfield Index podcast channel. Uh, don't forget, you can of course keep keep in touch with us uh, on Twitter at pw underscore index. Uh, might like to add that yes, we are much more active on there at the moment, and that shall be the thing, the the way uh, things are going forward. So please do feel free to get in contact us with us any questions, anything you like to, uh, anything you like answered on the show. Feel free to get in contact with us at pw underscore index. Uh, as always, uh, I'd like to uh, thank more chatter for joining me, and of course, we would both like to thank Dave for coming on with us tonight. And we'd all like to thank you, the listeners, for listening and hitting that download button. But until next week, from me, Andy Wells, it's bye-bye now. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.